Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money and the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Many are expecting a soft landing, but market experts say brace for impact, as that's the lesson of recent economic history, and it's an uncomfortable one for the U.S. right now. With inflation trending lower, jobs remaining plentiful, and consumers keeping spending has bolstered confidence, it's led to the assumption that the world's biggest economy will avoid a recession. But will it? Well, to tell us more, joining us on the phone today is Sue Trin, who is the managing director and co-head of global macro strategy at Manual Life Investment Management. Sue, welcome to the show. Hi, Hongbin. Pleasure to join you on the show today. Pleasure to have you on. So, Sue, it looks like hopes for a soft landing. They're growing. But is there still a chance for the U.S. economy to slip into a recession? So a soft landing scenario is one in which headline real GDP growth slows, but not in a material way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at Manulife Investment Management, our base case scenario is that the U.S. economy will flip into a mild to moderate recession. Mm-hmm. Many of the traditional leading indicators of growth, uh, credit and money growth, uh, which feeds into lending, consumer activity, capital expenditure, um, these are already in recessionary territory. And mm-hmm. traditionally, it will hit GDP growth with a small lag. Okay, okay. So if the U.S. economy does indeed slip into official recession, so to say, what would that mean for markets? Well, our uh, model suggests uh, this could happen within the next six months, but okay. I'll make two points here. The reality is that the U.S. economy continues to surprise many economists with its resilience. So if you go back to July, uh, many economists had anticipated third quarter GDP growth to be just point. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of October, the market had revised up that expectation ninefold to 4.5%. Oh. Uh, and the outcome still came in better than expected uh, at 4.9%. Uh, so uh, this is a, a key risk to our forecast for an, an imminent recession. And then the second point I want to make is whether or not economic activity has contracted to the extent that it fits that official definition or rule of thumb of, of two consecutive quarters of mm. negative GDP growth. That, that's much less important to us than the depth the duration and drivers of that weak growth. But should investors, you know, allocate their assets according to the overarching question of will there be a recession or will there not? Or is that the wrong approach? I mean, if we go into allocating our assets, whether there will be a recession or not a recession, what risks will this bring and what approach then should investors take when allocating their assets safely? Again, it's going to come down to uh, the the depth, the duration and drivers of the weak growth that we see. Any environment creates winners or losers, but understanding um, the underlying drivers is going to be crucial to determine determining who the or what the winners and losers are going to be. Now, again, that recession or no recession call, uh, we find that quite unhelpful mm-hmm. as a as a rule. Generally, there's not much difference between a 0.1 percent contraction and a 0.1 percent. Uh, growth, for instance. And arguably, if we don't see a recession, uh, that could represent a more difficult environment for risk assets to the extent that it may lengthen tightening cycles around the world. 
But what factors could alter the next recession? What should investors continuously monitor then? I think that, um, well, I'm very glad that you asked this question. Uh, Where I think many economists are getting unstuck with their forecasting is uh, they either can't or won't see that the the regime has changed. And and that's really happening in real time. Mm. Um, If we go back to applying all the rules of thumb and all the models that we've been used to using from the past 20 years to predict how things will play out, um, you might end up with the wrong conclusion because these are anything but normal times. Uh, as such, these traditional metrics to assess outlooks uh, mm-hmm. could prove much less relevant. You know, what are some examples that tell us that the regime has changed? We're seeing deglobalization for the first time in 50 years, after 50 years of globalization. Mm-hmm. Um, that's resulting in immense restructuring of global supply chains. Demographics. There's an immense transition uh, underway at the moment uh, whereby the working age population of the world is actually starting to contract. And that's after 50 years of expansion uh, of the working age population. So think about what that means for labor supply and potential wage inflation. And then the third would be climate change. Um, you know, clearly, the earth is getting hotter at a faster rate. And, and that push for decarbonization and to get to net zero has never been more urgent. Mm-hmm. And again, that's going to result in um, a very accelerated demand for scarce inputs, the minerals and metals that are absolutely crucial for that green transition. So so many things have changed and um, the old investment playbooks may not be too relevant anymore. Oh, I see. I see. So if the U.S. economy slips into a technical recession, would markets be under turmoil or are there still some bright spots in the global context? Yeah, ever investing environment, it is there is always going to be winners and losers. It just depends what uh, the context is. Uh, but if uh, the, the U.S. economy were to slip into technical recession, uh, we do think it would still likely be the cleanest, dirty shirt uh, within a global context. Mm-hmm. Um, investors think about uh, economics uh, in relative terms. So uh, in that sense, uh, the U.S. could still be performing okay, uh, even as the global economy shifts down a gear. But we also see Asia as a bright spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're starting to see the early stages of a, chi- uh, a cyclical recovery in, in China and the improvement there in terms of credit growth and the fiscal impulse will help solidify that momentum through early 2024. And that will have a positive read across to the rest of Asia as well. But what if we see you know, a so-called mild recession? Would that be better than a stagflation? I'll give the answer that I'm sure most parents give their children, <laughs> and, and that is that it depends. It depends how mild the recession is. Uh, It will depend, in the case of a stagflation, how extreme is that stagflation. It's going to be a spectrum. You know, if we're talking about a recession so mild that it barely registers, uh, in our view, it's probably going to be rather irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same goes for a mild stagflation. Now, the the metrics or the the calculus changes if either the recession or the stagflation uh, dynamics scenario becomes more extreme. So uh, it, it completely depends. Okay. And given all the uncertainty that we're seeing right now, Sue, why is it important for investors to remember their investment horizon, especially at this time? Timelines really matter for investors. If you're a day trader or a hedge fund, you're going to have a very different investment horizon to a more medium or long-term investor. Um, So getting that structural directional view right is the most important factor. But, um, you know, you need to be able to capture the swings around that bigger trend as well well, and be mindful of the noise Mm. uh, around that structural trend. So, um, you know, while getting the 
that the recession or no recession call uh, might seem like the, the most important call right now, it's not, mm. uh, which I hope I've uh, conveyed today. Before we let you go here, Sue, any other advice you have for investors investing in the current market conditions? To really ram home the point that I made earlier, and that is that the global economy is undergoing enormous structural changes that fundamentally alter a lot of the supply and demand dynamics. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a result, due to deglobalization, the demographic transition, um, the acceleration to net zero, and then the massive fiscal expansion that each of those themes imply, uh, and the uneven policy space of economies to tackle those regime shifts, um, we we tend to think that it might mean that we see desynchronized global growth uh, ahead. Um, That's actually a good thing. It means there's going to be plenty of opportunities cropping up. Um, Asset markets become decorrelated, and that really favors uh, globally diversified uh, multi-asset approach to portfolio construction. I see, I see. Well, thank you so much, Sue, for your time and your insights today. Thank you, Hongbin. Pleasure. Thank you. We've been speaking with Sue Chen, who is the Managing Director and Co-Head of Global Macro Strategy at Manulife Investment Management. I'm Hongbin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.